So hello everybody and welcome to the podcast, the clueless, the clueless doctor. And as always, this is your host, the one and only Sankalpa Chakma. And yeah, so in this episode, I will be talking about, you know, a kind of uh, a lot of different things. Okay, and that's because I I studied, or I just kind of you know I just kind of solved a few MCQs today once again. And I was just kind of reading a reading about uh, arrhythmias and infective endocarditis, rheumatic heart disease. So I will, I will be talking about all that stuff. So um, let me just try to remember. And I must warn you that you know I, I am I, I am I am going to kind of talk very very freestyle, you know, without without much structure. I'm just going to kind of you know kind of you know try to remember what I was what I was studying about. Okay. So you know, um, there is this thing called um, there is this thing called heart block. You know, you know, you know the our heart. It, this is kind of a you know this is a beating, this is a beating organ. It is beating all the time, and you know it, it just it just doesn't beat like that. There there is an electrical there is an electrical signal that goes from the from the upper chambers of the heart to the, to the lower chambers. Okay, okay, the current. And so yeah, it it is very very, it it is very organized and everything needs to, everything needs to take place very perfectly. If 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 it goes just a little bit off, then yeah, yeah you know, <coughs> diseases happen. So um, there there is this thing called Wolf Parkinson White syndrome. Now this is a rather rare rare disease. This is a this is a disease. It's it's more like a, I don't know congenital disease i guess and it happens more it, it is it is it is asymptomatic most of the times but sometimes you know it, it might make symptoms and 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 the people and the age group in which this is kind of you know relevant is the is the age group of five to 14 years or something like that in children okay not in adults as as as, pe- as people become older the chances of old parkinson white syndrome decreases so this is a this is a kind of a peculiar disease in which you know the the normal electrical impulse in the heart goes from the av node then to the um, from the atrium to the you know ventricles now in old parkinson white syndrome there is an access, there is an accessory that there is an accessory you know bundle called bundle of kent and this conducts the impulse faster than the av node so what happens is that you know the ventricles they contract you know faster than faster than usual because because the impulse is already traveling faster than the av node and so they contract fast and after a while the av node impulse joins joins it so you know it contracts even more i suppose so yeah this is a this is a problem with the rhythm of the uh, rhythm of the impulse okay and um you know there are some characteristic changes on the ecg and i don't particularly remember the changes but i suppose it's something like ventricular tachycardia i guess yeah now um yeah so that's yeah so that's it and you know old parkinson white syndrome there are different there are different severity scales of this disease uh, some people they don't they don't have it they, they don't have much problems with it some people they have so depending on the symptoms on the severity of the symptoms we give we give you know, we give medications. Sometimes we don't need to give medication. Medications, the disease becomes all right by itself. Sometimes we need to give, and we, we might give. You know, rhythm, uh, rhythm, rhythm controlling drugs like you know, 
Fleck and Knight and all the and all the jazz. Sometimes I guess we might we might also give better blockers. I'm not sure about that. So yeah, it depends, all right. So that is Wolf Parkinson, Wolf Parkinson White syndrome. Then I was also studying about ventricular tachycardia. Now this is when the ventricles, okay, the lower chambers of the heart, they start busying a lot, okay. Now sometimes you have to you you have to make a difference. You have to kind of you have to kind of differentiate between ventricular tachycardia and ventricular fibrillation. They are, they, they are almost similar in, in, in both of the conditions. The, the ventricle is beating very, very fast, way faster than it should be. But I mean, there are, there are different, there are changes. There are ECG, the ECG changes between them are, is different, okay, the ECG, the ECG changes. So what happens in ventricular tachycardia is that the ECG it looks kind of more or less you know normal. It's just that the it's just that the you know, I mean it's just that the frequency of the beats is more. But but in but in ventricular fibrillation you can you can see that the ECG is wrong. Okay, now what is particularly wrong about it? I don't remember something to do with the QRS wave, P waves, and all that stuff. Now speaking of which, there are there are four kinds of AV AV. AV block, okay. There is the type one, in which um, um, which is quite um, which is very, which is less severe, which is the most innocuous of the four types. There is type two, which which we called um, Winkeback, and there is type three, I guess, and type four is total, you know, total block. Now, once again, you will see very very specific ECG changes, and um, it's got to do something with the QRS and the P wave, I think. And um, unfortunately, I don't remember, and I'm not clear, honestly, so I, I don't want to give any false information. But yeah, remember, we can actually make it out on the ECG, all right, on the electrocardiogram. So that is about the, all the, you know, the hard block. Then I, was, then I was also studying about, you know, infective endocarditis, okay. Now, what is infective endocarditis? Now, as, as the name suggests, this is an infection. Infection of what? Infection of the endocar endocardium. You know, our, our muscle, our heart muscle, it, it has three layers, you know, endocardium, myocardium, and there's, the, there's another, yeah, the pericardium. So the endocardium, this is the innermost layer of the heart muscle. <coughs> Sorry about that. And so, and so when infection occurs of the endocardium, we call that infective, and, and infective endocarditis. Now, um, this, is, you know, this is a bit different, you know, this is, you know, when we, when we kind of think about heart diseases, what do we, what, what, com what comes up in, in our minds, you know, you know, we think about, you know, um, we, we think about, you know, heart failure, hypertension, and most of those diseases, they are like, you know, lifestyle problems, okay? due to lifestyle problems but the but in fact even the current titles, this is something like you know it doesn't have it doesn't have much to do with lifestyle of course i mean people people who have bad oral oral hygiene they are more kind of you know they are more susceptible to developing infective endocarditis but otherwise you know it can happen to anybody okay infective endocarditis so you know there are there are different um you know speaking of which there are different kinds of endocarditis as well infective endocarditis and Lippmann Sachs endocarditis then um well um something there there was something else I forgot that yeah so you can actually make out which is which is what by the by the masses of by by the you know by by the by the pos by the by the location of the endocarditis now in, now in now in infective endocarditis it's kind of you know the the vegetations we call them these are bacterial growths in the endocardium now these these occur these occur like a group very very irregularly like a very large mass and they can extend to the cord cordae of the you know 
cardia of the endocardium of the valves okay so that is about infective endocarditis now there are different criteria for infective endocarditis we, we we can take a blood culture then we can um we know we can take a blood culture we might even murmur then um blood culture is very important and um yeah so we take blood culture then what else do we take um we might also do a bit of an um what we what what do we call that echocardiography so um yeah there's that and the blood culture is important okay so also you know the treatment is one the treatment is we give we give um we give we give antibiotics okay and the thing is um you know you know there's a there is a micro you know usually you know um uh, the the organism causing infective endocarditis is actually staphylococcus aureus the most common bacteria but you know there are other bacteria which can cause infective endocarditis as well like streptococcus which is more kind of common in community acquired you know um common community acquired um infective endocarditis and you know there are other organisms like you know um um streptococciella bernati this is a this is a you know this is a kind of tricky this is a kind of a tricky bacteria because it is not usually it is not usually cultured on on the usual culture medium so sometimes we might actually miss out and you know sometimes when we do culture we don't actually see the results because you know because because the patient might have taken prior antibiotics this is the this is the most usual reason why we don't sometimes sometimes we don't actually we we, we cannot actually find the bacteria in in the blood culture okay so yeah there's that so yeah, that's that, that's infective endocarditis. Now one thing is that I kind of I kind of messed up infective endocarditis with rheumatic heart disease. I think I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's just me. Okay, so yeah, rheumatic heart disease, rheumatic um, which, rheumatic fever. I guess yeah, rheumatic fever. Now this is more common in children, five to fourteen years, I think. And um, uh, one of the symptoms. Um, I think in children this is kind of um, not that bad, but we 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 might have to kind of give antibiotics for prophylaxis as well, and we give penicillin. Penicillin we can we usually give it intravenously for like every every four weeks I guess every four weeks, or we can give by mouth or oral penicillin. However, the intravenous the intravenous penicillin is much more effective than the oral penicillin, and. Um, yeah, there are some kind of you know symptoms. There are some kind of you know skin changes as well to in in rheumatic fever. Okay, so that you you can maybe there maybe you can come across erythema marginatum, then um, something like um, Osler notes, then um, you know um, what else rot spots. So there are skin changes and there are other changes. Okay, so yeah, rheumatic heart fever, and there are different kinds of I don't know. There are different kinds of criteria as well. Yeah, so yeah, we 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 can we we also kind of take into consideration the the ESR, the erythrocyte sedimentation rate, and the CRP for for diagnosing acute rheumatic fever, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. Uh, yeah, but I think that's more or less what I what I studied what I studied today, and I know. I mean, I I have given a very very kind of chaotic and a very very incoherent talk on these topics but i you know you know this is the reason why i call myself clueless doctor because well i i am actually clueless but thankfully i'm not practicing so uh, you don't have to worry i'm not killing my patients i'm not mistreating mistreating them i 
I am I, I am going to be a physiologist, okay? And that is, physiology is a first year med med school subject, and this 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 is a more kind of like a academic kind of subject, and um, it 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 deals mostly with with the with with the, with homeostasis, with the processes, with the processes which keep the body normal, okay? But I am studying about other other topics like medicine, surgery, you know, just for the, I don't know, for the hell of it. And also, I don't know, maybe maybe it's, it's good to kind of improve my knowledge as well. So yeah, that is what I'm doing right now. And you know, I think I'll be doing this every day, you know, solving MCQs. And I was just thinking that, you know, maybe I can just kind of, um, you know, I think maybe I can just kind of share what I read and what I learn, okay, to with 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 everyone on the podcast. And that'll be, that'll be quite good. Yeah, so yeah, that's about it. And um, yeah, as always, I always tell you that this podcast is not like a very, very, it's not like a very professional, professional or very, very knowledgeable. I don't know. It's, it's not a very kind of, I don't know, a very kind of, um, very kind of accurate, an accurate podcast. Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, but, but I think you, you, but I think you can get an idea of the things that I'm talk, talking about. And I think that's not bad, is it? That's not bad. So yeah, that's it. So thanks for listening to this episode and thanks for, thanks for tuning into my podcast. I hope you liked it. I hope you took something from it. And well, see you next time. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Have a good night, depending on where you are. And um, if you like this podcast, you know, like, hit the like button or just kind of subscribe wherever you're listening, wherever you're listening this to on Spotify or on Anchor or on Stitcher. Okay, whatever, wherever you're listening this to. And if, yeah, if you, if you feel like sharing this with your friends, please do. Uh, I, will be, I, will be, I will be very, very happy. Yeah. So that's it for, for today. And um, thanks a lot. I, I will catch you next time. Bye-bye.